everybody. It's 2023. Welcome back to the Real Snubs Podcast. Yay! <laughs> Yay! We need a, like, cute audience. Yay! Right, right. Ah, with the clapping. Um, I am Kalina Michelle. I am joined by my co-host, Cicely Joy. Hey, everyone. And um, we are uh, coming to you, not live, but... Um, we're coming to you to talk about some of the stuff we've been watching, some of the stuff that we will be excited about for the coming year. Um, you know, it's it's the middle of award season right now, Cicely. So, mm-hmm. you know, there's a lot going on in January. You know, when I was younger, I used to think January wasn't as busy as like the holiday time, you know, yeah. but I re- now that I'm an adult, I realize it's just as busy. Well, like how so? Because I still like, feel like I don't know what January is about. <laughs> like, um, maybe it's because, you know, we have our adult obligations and things that we have to do and our responsibilities, and that really doesn't stop. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Um, but also, I keep forgetting that award season usually happens, like January, um, Paris Fashion Week took place already. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and maybe it's also because it's post-pandemic it's three years post-pandemic so people are trying to you know get back into the swing of things before all of that went down you know because i just feel like people are just moving relatively quickly this year hmm. so far so you know far, i don't know it could just, just be me. at the end of january and you know like the new year's um the new year was just yesterday it felt but i guess i know it's nuts and today is lunar is the start of the lunar new year that's right happy lunar new year to you and to all of our um asian american people who are listening um i did not know anything about this holiday growing up so i'm very grateful to acknowledge it and um to be able to um you know, celebrate in, in any sort of way that I can that is respectful, obviously. And it's um, Air the Rabbit, which I really yes. don't remember what any of that means. I mean, I, I, I know what it means if I actually look it up, but I don't like, you know, have the stuff memorized, like kind of yeah. like the Zodiac, the Westernized Zodiac. So um, yeah, like Chinese astrology is on a whole other level. Like my sister's into astrology. Mm-hmm. But I don't even know if she's even scratched the surface of Chinese astrology. I just know, you know, shout out to TikTok because I'm all I'm all on TikTok all the time. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, the apparently the year of the rabbit rabbit years are very lucky years because the rabbit is a lucky animal. Mm-hmm. Um, also, the numbers three, six, and nine are particularly lucky for this year as mm-hmm. well. Um, also, I. I I heard via some Asian um, content creators on TikTok that in order to have good luck and fortune and good fortune in the coming year, you're supposed to eat as many dumplings as possible on the new, around the Lunar New Year. So um, I have a few more hours. I got a couple of dumplings in the freezer. I might just warm those up. I'm trying. Oh, you know what? I may have some dumplings. I yeah. just have some pot stickers that I can like, you know, throw in the air fryer and yeah, good luck. Exactly. Let's get it going because, man, <laughs> oh, we could all use uh, a little bit of luck and good fortune, right? Oh, definitely. Yeah. 
Um, Cicely, what have you been watching? Um, we hadn't uh, done an episode in over a month now, so yeah, we what have you been? A little break for the holiday, but um, yeah, I've been watching uh, a number of things, just random things, some good things, some notable things that I can bring up. Um, let's see. So the most recent, which I'm super, super excited about, um, is The Last of Us. That's right. It's on tonight. Second yes, episode yes. on I'm tonight. I'm about to watch it after we record. So it's yeah. on the second episode tonight. So I am a huge fan of this game. Um, I Oh, so you played the game. Okay. Well, yes and no. Because oh. I play the game. I watch people play the game. Because the story itself is really good. Um, but I just don't, I didn't really care to actually, you know, play the game and, um, mm-hmm. you know, just kill zombies and stuff. So, or, you know, yeah, they're pretty much mm-hmm. zombies. Um, but I followed it a lot. And, um, when I saw the premiere on HBO, uh, last weekend, uh, last Sunday, I was super excited because it was so, so good. It felt exactly like the game in the very beginning of, um, Last of Us part one, I believe, Mm-hmm. And it's funny because today I found a link that did kind of a side-by-side comparison, like scene by scene of um, some of the most notable scenes. And it's, you can tell that this is probably one of the best adaptation um, shows from a game I've ever seen. You know, mm. um, even the char- the changes that they've done in the characters, you haven't heard people bitch about it. Like, why they make this person this and blah, 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 blah as you will normally hear, um, because it's such a good, good show. It's a good game, mm-hmm. good show. And the writing is just, it's, it's all laid out for just success. So I'm super excited. I'm, I'm also cautious because, you know, some of these things that start off really strong, kind of like, yeah, they lose their momentum. But I feel like if, as long as they, you know, follow... <laughs> pretty much what's been laid out for them already with the game they will be they'll be great mm-hmm. i um also watched it but not on the actual premiere time i watched it the next day mm-hmm. on hbo uh, max and i am also very excited now i knew it was a game i also didn't play the game um i also attempted to watch um various gamer YouTubers um, that have recorded their gameplay of the game. Um, I tried watching it, but I think because for so many years I was immersed in the world of Walking Dead, I was kind of like zombied out mm-hmm. after a while. So although the game was amazing looking and, you know, and the story itself from what I saw of the first few um, episodes of what they recorded s- looked great. I was just kind of like, uh, okay. And then when I found out um, that they were going to be doing this show and that Pedro um, Pascal, is that his last name? Mm -hmm. Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. He's so hot. He's so hot. (laughs) Like, it's just like, (sighs) oh my God. He's a good actor too. And he's a great actor, obviously. (laughs) Um, That said, um, I watched it, loved it. um, And like you, People were, you know, putting their two cents online about it and really not much negative press across the board. Like people are very, very happy about what they did in the first episode. So hopefully and prayerfully it will continue in that vein because we we need something like this. We need this. 
And oh, how, how frightening though is the premise of this pandemic that occurred within the, the world of The Last of it's Us, on, right? It's on point. It's some of the things that, you know, I'm, I'm not saying they have not been discussed because they've obviously, obviously been discussed in um, maybe the public health world. I think I'm hoping <laughs> that we have probably some better preventative measures um, for this stuff. I was always wondering, like, did no one ever think about fungicides, you know? <laughs> or Well, and that's the thing, but aren't fun fungicides work pretty well on plant life but and you know sometimes you know people get you know like athletes feet and stuff like that but that doesn't prevent the fungicides sometimes treat an infection and an infection can do some craziness to you right oh yeah yeah i guess i'm just saying like we have that starting point so you know yeah. just as how we right now um i mean the whole story um that was discussed in the first episode about the ant that basically turns into a zombie ant that is yes. real that is yeah that's total totally real yeah when that um, i saw that years ago yeah online and i freaked out then and then i started seeing the last of us and i was like oh no like yeah yeah mm -hmm. and i think it actually happened to the cicadas in the last cycle that they were talking about a bunch of cicadas were like um, infected by something and they were essentially dead but just still going around still trying to reproduce um, oh hell no like, are you serious was, like their butts fell off or something <laughs> the, I don't girl know. please uh, and, something. and then they're talking about specifically in the show and in the game they're talking about the cordyceps fungus right mm -hmm. and then there are people and once again back to tiktok there's people I see on my feed on TikTok talking about cordyceps is excellent for this, this, and this, and what ails you. And I'm like, I will absolutely not. No, I'm scared. I'm scared. What happens? Oh my God. And I know that they're use, utilizing certain, you know, mushrooms now to treat people's um, certain mental health disorders and things of that nature. And I know they're seeing amazing results, mm -hmm. but just as amazing, it could be just as deadly and crazy too so it's just like yeah hell no you know but okay um and i'm just going to mention this briefly just another mm -hmm. thing um that i've been watching that is actually just interesting it's not really about the show but how they're implementing the show is interesting so on netflix there's a show out right now called kaleidoscope have you heard of it have i have and a couple of friends have told me to start watching it and i haven't yet so what's interesting about Kaleidoscope, if you start watching it in the very first episode you watch, I guess they kind of give you the rules. I don't know. But essentially mm. each it's, I don't know, maybe like eight episodes, let's say each episode is kind of self-contained. It's all about this big heist. Um, mm. And this is not a spoiler. If you see the trailer, you know that that's what the show is about. And each episode kind of details an aspect of readiness of this big heist, but it is not linear. I guess there is some type of linear story, but how you view it is not mm -hmm. going to be linear. And every every viewer, every account is going to start off from a different place. And so they have the episodes kind of, instead of like number, they call them by a, a, a color. So it may be episode orange, episode yellow, episode purple, whatever. I started off with like episode yellow and mm. then I went and asked a friend like, Hey, what was the first episode you saw? And they were like, Oh, it was like violet. 
And mm. if you go on IMDb, um, they do kind of have an order, I guess, of the episodes, maybe. I, I don't know if you watch it in that order, if it's linear. But um, I realized, like, that is kind of the gimmick about it, that how they made the show is that you're not going to ever really feel like you're missing out or on something like, hey, are they talking about something that I missed? Because mm-hmm. they're all self-contained, but they are all still linked and interconnected about this bigger um, situation. And it's not that each episode is from one person's perspective. They still, most episodes still contain like the majority of the cast. Mm-hmm. Um, some may have occurred in the past and some may be like in the very near past. <laughs> right. But, you know, like three weeks before the heist versus like seven years before. Um, so I thought that was really, really interesting in how you kind of, how can someone write for this and to, you know, you can lay it out, you can probably write it linear and then how you may break it up and make sure that each episode, how you're writing it is very it's self-contained and also very thoughtful in that, that it doesn't necessarily reveal it. It reveals exactly what it needs to reveal. um, But it doesn't necessarily give things away, but it doesn't leave people confused. And especially Mm. that you can kind of scramble the episodes that way. And everyone's experience is probably going to be slightly different. Right. I thought that was very, very innovative. And uh, so far I've only watched maybe like three episodes and it's actually it's entertaining it's good it's not like amazing which I just have to binge it but it's bingeable um, so I think but I'm more intrigued by how they did it um, mm. and shows like that that just interests me I will watch even a, a boring show that does that just because I'm just like I just want to be in their brain to see like their thought process and how they actually got this done and done mm. well <laughs> nice nice um okay i think i'm, I'm gonna check it out because you're now the third person that has suggested this to me Yay. so i will check it out dude i want to know what your first episode is the color <laughs> okay okay um so i have been watching a little bit of everything uh documentaries mm-hmm. movies shows what have you um a series of note because M. Night Shyamalan is going to come out yet again with a movie soon. Yes, that's um, one that I was going to mention that I'm somewhat looking forward to. I'm, here's the thing, right? Like, <laughs> I'm always, despite knowing better, I am always looking forward to an M. Night Shyamalan movie. Yes. What is that? Because, because we're always so different. And I think it's in that way it's refreshing even though it may the actual movie itself may be a little meh or disappointing you're not he's not going to do something that you've seen before that's pretty much at least for me that's what I'm maybe that's what it is because I'm just like we've been ultimately disappointed over and over and over and over again (laughs) and yet (laughs) I still want to go and see a movie that he makes and, and, you know and also because we know what he's capable of he's that's really what it is and we that's we can do that <laughs> yeah yeah we know we know what it is right and mm-hmm. maybe that's what it is so since he's coming out with a movie soon um called what is it called uh, uh knock uh, knock knock at the cabin or yeah. something like that knock in the cabin or knock on the cabin 
which is going to be very interesting. Um, I uh, went and started watching his series that's on Apple TV Plus, um, The Servant. So uh, where are you? I'm, servant. I'm. I just started season two, so I, I'm. I'm done with season one, and it it has all of the elements that you would expect from an M Night Shyamalan production. Mm-hmm. And of course, it's set in Philadelphia, as mm-hmm. most of his stuff usually is, and all that kind of stuff. But I'm really interested in how he he. It's interesting how he he writes for movies his movies versus like this is his first series like his uh, episodic series and actually wait i thought he did another did he do another one um i want to say i think he was behind wayward pines was he let's see i want to say because it and wayward pines was good um i gotta look that up but i at least he produced it i don't know um it may be like he may have been a little bit more hands-on with Servant than Wayward Pines um, instead of directing. I, I don't remember if he wrote or direct either, <laughs> but... Um, it doesn't say his name when you look it up originally. Huh. Well, well, yeah, he was an executive producer okay. on it. So, yeah, he had something to do with they it. They were marketing it based off of his name, though, and that may have been just, you know, marketing strategy. They're saying M. Night Shyamalan's Wayward Pines <laughs> brought to you. Right, I see. Well, yeah, that they do that when you have um, the executive producer essentially is the person that puts the money behind it and, yeah. and or their name. So, yes, yeah. that makes sense. Um, but, okay, so th- this is, what, is his second series then? At least, yeah. So, I, I'm cool with what he's doing and what he's trying to do with the serpent. I like the first uh, season, but the, I'm on the first episode of the second season and I'm already pissed off. Like, that's, that's pretty much where I left off. I don't think I finished after the, fir- the first or maybe second episode of the second season. And I'm like, I want to watch it, but I w- that's what I'm saying. Like, I want to continue, but I have a feeling like, uh, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, but uh, Rupert Grant, is in it, and Rupert Grant is also going to be in the movie coming out in a couple weeks. Mm-hmm. So, I, and I love Rupert Grant. I actually love his acting. So I'm like, let's go. You know, like I, I'm, I'm ready. I'm, you know, I've been anyway. Servant's good. It's decent. Um, first, that first season really kept yeah. me on my toes. I liked it. Um, I'm hoping that second season it will too, and they just finished the third and final season, then that's out as well. So mm-hmm. yep. we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Um, I have also been watching various other things. Um, one of the things that I started watching recently was this uh, documentary on HBO Max about this uh, this cult-like church out of Mexico mm-hmm. that um, is still operating today and it's like a it's a mini series mini docu-series so it's like four or five episodes it'll be mm-hmm. um, I just watched the first episode and oh man like you're talking about true crime and children being exploited and poor people being exploited and you know sexual craziness and just it's you know it does not help that so many of our religious institutions come to find out they are really, really steeped in some horrific stuff. And yeah. 
you know, so it's just another one of those types of documentaries if you're into that sort of um, genre. Um, so I've been watching that. And um, yeah, those are the two things that I wanted to mention. Of course, I'm, I watch a whole lot of other stuff, but um, we can save that for another time. I, I uh-huh. One other thing, um, since you're on documentaries. Yeah. If you haven't seen this, I need you to watch this. On Netflix, have you heard about the hatchet-wielding hitchhiker? Oh, no, but I, I've heard about the documentary, and I know about the guy. Everybody knows about the guy. I didn't know about the guy. I was like, You didn't know about the guy? No. And I saw it with our friend Zenobia, and we both were like, who the hell was this? Like, where what? Was Girl. Okay. So you know how, you know, nowadays it's kind of like if you do something that becomes like a meme, Mm-hmm. He became like a meme, mm-hmm. and he became a meme off of his. I, I you know, I was, I took whatever and had, it took a hatchet and smash, 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 like smash. Yes, some mass. Like that was everywhere. I it was no girl, girl. Uh, you know what? It's all right. You were raising the young ones. You weren't on the internet too, too much early on. I remember when around the time when Remy was born. That's when he was making the rounds. And okay, people okay. loved him. I was like, where was I? Yeah. Where was this viral? And just yes. for everyone listening, just kind of like the quick, and it's, it's, it was so unexpected, especially if you're like me and you don't know anything about this dude. Mm-hmm. I thought it was going to be, you know, like almost like a true crime type thing based off of the name. But um, the synopsis on IMDb just says this shocking documentary chronicles a happy-go-lucky nomad's ascent to viral stardom in the steep downward spiral that resulted in his imprisonment. And what's interesting when I was watching it was I actually felt like I was I was watching it from the wrong perspective. Like every um, the perspective were from um, kind of the news media um, or the people that uh, the first they first interviewed him and mm-hmm. you know were following him and everything um and it just felt like they were exploiting him and and seeing him as this oh he's so kooky and crazy and all but i'm like if you actually listen to him he's really on point he's saying some profound things but y'all are kind of dismissing it because he just seems he seems like a hobo but Mm -hmm. he's like we need to be listening or seeing this documentary from his perspective because y'all are in the wrong (laughs) <laughs> That's how I felt when I was watching it, but that made me. I, but I feel you because everybody had him pegged for one thing. He really wasn't that. You know what I mean? Yeah. And um, I just remember the like a couple of days after he was recorded for the news, his clip went everywhere, and you could not get away from smash like smash, smash, smash. It was everywhere. <laughs> And um, and then he was on everybody's TV show, everybody's talk show, everybody's whatever. Like, it was a whirlwind for sure. Yeah. And the, the lessons that people who tend to go viral off of viral clips can take from not just him, a bunch of people kind of, they, you know, they get this crazy 15 second of fame stardom, you know what I mean? And then mm-hmm. they, they crash for one reason or another. Um, you know, and um, those do make for stories that most people want to watch. But then, you you know, you have some people who became memes and actually did some good in their life and in the life of others. So, you know, 
that's not as fun a story, you know, and that's not, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, it's not as interesting a, a documentary subject, but um, yes, I, I have heard of it and I haven't seen it yet, but I plan on seeing it. Yes. Okay. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. I, but we have to, we have gathered here today to talk about <laughs> this movie called The Menu. Mm-hmm. Immediately, sis, I loved it. Yes. I loved I, it. I did. I just did. I'm so excited mm-hmm. about this movie. Yeah. Um, well, what say you? Like, what is, what is the standout element of this film that, that did it for you? Um, I knew just, and I will say, just from seeing the trailers, one, the cast. I love a lot of the, um, the members of the cast. So, starts is stars, and I always find, find this fascinating that he pronounces his name Ray instead of Ray Ralph, because it looks like Ralph Fiennes, but Ray Fiennes, um, the actor, and, mm-hmm. um, Nicholas Holt and uh Taylor Joy, I think that's her name. Um already I just love I love love those personalities, but there was this kind of mystery thriller kookiness about it, which is just everything I love. Like that's yes. exactly what I want to see. And of course it's about food. I love food. So I'm gonna <laughs> see it. Um but it's it was just this I think I could see myself in this movie. Like it, it, it seems like an experience that I would experience. And I've not, not that I've experienced something like this, but I've been in certain weird experiences where um, I'm thinking like, what the hell am I getting myself into? What if this ends up being like, we're being kidnapped and this and that, you know, like I always have that <laughs> in my mind, that suspicion of like, what's really going on. Um, the most recent one was doing the Stranger Things experience, experience in Atlanta. And I'm like, that's fun. And and it was great, but you didn't know much about it. And I'm like, you know, this could be a movie or a show where, you know, unassuming guests are going to experience this event. Little do they know, there actually is, you know, a, um, what are they called? The creature. Um, oh, yeah. A Demogorgon. Yeah. A Demogorgon in the back <laughs> about to kill them. So you know, it's like having that that small part of your mind questioning your actual safety and thinking there may be danger and, yeah. and deciding should I go along with it? What just that risk is and experiencing watching it is something I do enjoy. Um, yeah. So that alone, like I just knew the movie was for me. So yeah. that's probably like my overall. Um, giddiness about it but what about you what what were you excited about or intrigued about when well I mean I mean when you tell me Voldemort's gonna be in something like (laughs) I'm ready to rock you know um (laughs) that said said, um I I don't know what I was expecting going into it. I didn't see it in theaters. I saw it um, on demand um, when it came out on HBO Max. Mm -hmm. And I watched it from the comfort of my bed in the middle of the night. You know what I mean? Like trying to go to sleep. But um, I didn't have any expectations at all for it. I just heard that he was going to be in it. I heard that it was like a tasting menu gone wrong or something like that. (laughs) So I was like, 
Oh, interesting. Because, you know, like you, like you, I like the whole food culture situation and seeing all these people. Also, I also I heard via Twitter that John Leguizamo was in it. And I was like, oh, I love him. So mm -hmm. that's what brought me to it. Um, but what kept me watching was um, so any film, see any film nowadays that will keep your attention, even though it is on demand and you have all the power to just walk away, push, pause, turn it off. Like, there are a couple of films that I started that I will not finish because I'm like, no, no point. Like, I get it, it's stupid. But this was really great. And like you said, I kind of like a, it, I, it felt like a, a mystery dinner theater situation, but with a lot more sinister undertones. And you got that almost immediately, the way that the, um, Oh, I can't remember her name, the, the, the Asian actress who, who brought them. I can't remember her name, but she's amazing, by the way. Yeah. Her performance was outstanding. Um, brought them on from, from the boat through the island, explaining the process of what happens when, they're, when the chef does this, and this is what we do to support him, and just brought, bringing them through the barracks, showing them how they live. Like, everything was so intentional, and... It it gave me that kind of knives out, yes. Kind of, you know what I'm saying? Like I love that because I had watched Knives Out a couple days before I saw this. I was like, yes, I'm here for it, right? Um, and I love how um they bring in all of these like high cuisine elements with it you know and then after watching it i started seeing some of the behind the scenes of how they brought in like some of the top chefs in the country to be consultants and showing them how they how they usually do in certain kitchens and how they make certain things and that was really cool um what did you say the guy's name was was it nicholas holt you said mm -hmm. nicholas holt's character cracked me up i said i knew after a while i said i knew he was going to have a specific type of demise because he was just so clueless. so yeah so clueless and yet feeling himself the whole time and he's yeah, like it oh. wasn't clueless he was just so um uh, you, you're right he was <laughs> like just just puffed up about oh i know about cuisine like uh you we are lucky to be sitting here and you know you don't even know like you you don't even want to eat your food like what's wrong with you and the fact that he showed him up, Ray showed him up in such the perfect, precise way. Yeah. And that's the, the story itself was great because there, there's like a going uh, discussion, especially after um, um, who's, the, who's the chef who killed himself in France oh. that everyone loved. Um, was it in France? Um, um... Yeah. In the hotel room. You, you know what I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah. An I, uh, Anthony I, Bourdain. Yeah so, after, yeah. so after Anthony Bourdain died, more and more uh, chefs started speaking up about, you know, you know, the psychological issues that a lot of chefs tend to take on and they tend to um, exhibit not just in their kitchens, but in their personal life. Mm -hmm. And um, the uh, Fines played a character who absolutely loved cooking but the culture of high cuisine made him literally like 
a madman. Yeah. And he wanted to not just take himself out, but he decided to take as many of those elements that made him turn bad and made him go bad um, out with him. And yeah, it's just so good. It was so clever. Like, I love any type of mystery and uncovering, you know, different things. So how all of those people that were- Yes. Yes, Um, how they were all connected. Amazing. Me, I love that. And um, I loved, you know what the movie made me feel like? Um, It reminded me of the movie Ready or Not. Did you ever see that? No, I never saw Ready or Not. But it, but- but it, it gives me everything that Clue used to give you without yeah. the comedy. You know what I'm saying? So Ready yeah. or Not came out just a couple of years ago. And it was one of these movies, again, you're thinking is a, kind of about one thing, even though the menu it was how a, it was advertised. Um, but you thought it was just going to be this, I don't know, like, um, here's a person that got into a situation that they're unaware and they're basically just trying to run for their lives, you know, a typical kind of slasher um, Mm -hmm. movie, but there was so much more about it um, than that. And it actually was also kind of funny and it had like that dark humor Mm -hmm. that um, the menu had and a lot of, even how the menu kind of ended it, it, it had that same feeling where you're seeing you know, kind of the demise of a lot of people and what's going on is unfortunate, but there is this um, entertainment about it. You're not necessarily scared. You're not like frightened. You're just really trying to understand one, how is this going to play out? Um, yeah. Who's going to survive? You know, basically you're just trying to see how everything is going to um, happen instead of necessarily, necessarily being scared. And I think mm-hmm. maybe maybe in my older age now, like when I was younger, I, I like to be scared more. Now I'm kind of like, I want to be more intrigued. I, I'm over kind of being scared. I'm over the jump scares and the oogies yeah. and stuff. I want you to intrigue me. And so it's more of a psychological thriller in mm-hmm. a way than it actually is a, you know, a standard kind of, um, <laughs> um, yeah. You know, this is age. Spe- Speaking of that sentiment of how you're saying, like, you don't want to be, like, jump scared all the time anymore, like, and this is an aside to that. I, I know the menu gave you, you know, it, it, it just scratched that itch, right? Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of the horror genre, because I don't consider the menu a horror. No. Um, but a movie that I did see recently that wanted, I'll do a snobby short on it later. Um, I saw Barbarian. Mm-hmm. Barbarian scratch that horror itch that I still have in terms of like, yes, it gives you your classic horror elements. It does have a jump scare too. It does have a little bit of gore, but mostly it's psychological and you're just trying to figure out what in the heck is going on, you know, Mm -hmm. like what's really going down. And so we, I feel like, is it just because of our age? or our experiences as a as millennials and Gen X like like what is what is it that that these kinds of films are really speaking to us now I think, when they I don't think they really used to for me so i think it feels like a younger kalina like a 20 like a 20 year old kalina would have thought the menu was going a little too slow <laughs> yeah I you know what i'm saying so. Um, when it comes to like 
typical kind of thrillers or even horror movies or anything like that, a lot of them, when I was younger, like I couldn't re- necessarily relate because I, I wouldn't feel like I would be in the situation that some of the characters would be in. There were the, you know, when you watch Scream and they broke down like the tropes of a lot of these type of movies i'm like yeah we all know that we know the rules mm-hmm. like don't do these things and these yeah. things <laughs> will not happen to you um but like movies like the menu or even you know whatever other menus uh menus movies that you can kind of put in that category are things that we probably can relate to like oh here is this experience that we would like to do like if you went on a um all-inclusive resort somewhere and you just right went- enjoy a trip with your friends and something you know y'all are partying and you come back to the room but not all of y'all are back you know those are things that we probably can relate to a little bit more because we can see ourselves in that situation and watching those movies instead of it being you're just watching a whole bunch of other people go crazy and and run for their lives you're trying to think like what how would I get out of this uh yeah yeah I I was thinking that almost the whole time. Like, if I were somebody, first of all, if I was invited to an island like that, and then they made me give up my cell phone, I'd be like, I'm turning around right now because That's the problem. Yeah, I'm like uh, because for me, <laughs> for me, like I just can't. Not not nowadays. Like I remember talking to my sister about how like we we used to go to people's homes and like to parties at like random places and we didn't have cell phones to immediately call in case there was something that went awry, you know, like we weren't even thinking about that, you know? And now that we have these phones, we have immediate access to, you know, emergency services or what have you. The fact that anybody who puts me on a, you know, a deserted Island with people I really don't know, or I may know in passing and it's weird and you're, not answering my questions and then you want me to give up my cell phone absolutely not put me back on the boat you know what i'm saying like it's also different because when we were younger and we lived in a time where people didn't have cell phones and stuff we still there was still access to a phone we knew like if something went down yeah, like you looked around for a pay phone like you knew yeah but to go to a situation where they're purposely like isolating you like, you know, um, if we went somewhere when we were younger and there, and there was no phones, no, like, any type of technology or anything and no other people for miles. Yeah, like, like you probably feel a little uncomfortable. Like, yeah, like it, it makes you feel weird nowadays. Like, especially, like, my thing is, if you're asking me, like, hey, no cell phones, I'm going to give you the courtesy of at least just turning off my ringer mm-hmm. and putting my cell phone somewhere where I have immediate access to it you're not just going to take it out off my person and put it in a back room somewhere you're not going to do that yeah not for me like now you know what i mean so like yeah no that's it's just weird so let me ask the whole you a thing question um mm-hmm. about this because i'm one that you know as i used to be a picky eater when i was younger and as mm-hmm. i've grown you know my palate has expanded and as a foodie i'm a little bit more adventurous there there were um dishes that normally i probably would have like scoffed at like oh, i'm not gonna eat that type stuff but watching this movie i wanted to try everything because i i wanted the experience i was like nicholas holt's character like i want <laughs> to understand like the creation the the narrative behind the food so i can put myself 
in the food's shoes, if that makes sense. So yeah. what did you think about like kind of the actual dishes itself? Like what, would you actually eat all of that or would, would some of it be like, no, no, thanks. <laughs> you know? Girl, I would have tried everything, but I probably would have gone to town on those um, tacos. Oh yeah. With the, that had the documents like printed on the tortillas. Oh yeah. Genius, genius. It really that. was genius. And when I found the found out the there was a particular chef who was behind doing these dishes and styling the dishes and making them and stuff. Um, she's like an iron chef or something. Oh, okay. That makes- and she's yeah, she's amazing. Like like one of the top iron chefs in the world. Um, and so yeah, no, I would have tried. I would have at least tried everything. But what cracked me up was at the very end with the s'mores dessert that had me crying. That if was, I was gonna, if I was gonna go out though, I would have been like, you know what, hell, like, where's the getting put a graham cracker together, you know? And like he, and interestingly enough, um, finds his character was saying how he hated s'mores. He thinks it's like uh, the worst thing ever created by man. That's funny. And how he and how he turned them essentially into s'mores because y'all are the worst things ever created. Y'all, y'all are the people that make me hate what I do, you know? um, The thing that I, I loved, I mean, I found just so funny was the breadless bread plate. Perfect. (laughs) So perfect. People were begging for bread and he's just like, no. No. (laughs) Can can we please have some, no. Okay. It's so funny. (laughs) Oh, so funny. Like I would have lived, like obviously not live, we all would have died, but I mean, it's like, you know, it was a great, great uh, concept, great story. I really enjoyed that. It was, I think, for what a lot of the movies that had been coming out in the last year, that was a breath of fresh air for sure. Yeah, it definitely was. Yeah. Um, it's one of those, I, I, I would call it. It reminded me, you know what? It reminded me of old Hollywood, how they made those classic, just good story films. Yes. You know, that's what it, it, it gave me that. yeah you know big effects and stuff it's really story it was kind of a simple a a simple premise and it was focusing more on these characters um i loved all the acting all of them were great yeah yeah so what would your um popcorn score be um yeah i would give it i would uh i would give it i would give it a large popcorn Okay. Um, not no butter on it, but large, like definitely a large, good bucket of popcorn. Mm-hmm. Okay, for sure, yeah. And I think I will give it a large, light butter popcorn. Yeah, giving it light butter because I just I was excited about it. I was entertained. Um, but why I was wouldn't say like heavy butter or anything because it's one of those that. I wouldn't watch all the time, you know, yeah. like one viewing, maybe if I see it again after a few years where I kind of forget a little bit, that's great. But it's not one of these that you're just going to be watching over and over and over. Right. Um, so, but that's okay. You don't need to. Um, no. So, but it was, it was a pleasant experience. It filled my belly. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and my heart. Yes. I love it. Kudos for the men, uh, menu. Speaking of um, menus, 
the popcorn at the Starlight Drive-In in Atlanta is great. <laughs> Everybody out there listening. I, I, I can't even remember it. I remember I liked it, but I can't like taste it. Anyway. Yeah, I was thinking about it the other day um, when we were talking about Black Panther and everything. And oh man, if it was one thing that is redeemable, it's that popcorn. <laughs> <laughs> and it was good. Going back. I know, right? Ugh, it was good. But um, yeah, that's it. The menu. Y'all should see it. It's pretty good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. All so right. I guess next time we will be talking about a couple of um, other, um, some snobby shorts and some great things that we've seen and maybe some things that are coming up that we look forward to. Yes, because there's some interesting stuff happening this year. Pretty soon, too. So, yes. Yeah. Yeah. All right, girl. Y'all, check us out. We're on Twitter. We're on Instagram. We're on Facebook. Uh, Real, R-E-E-L, Snobs um, Podcast. That's us. I am Kalina Michelle. And I'm Cicely Joy. Bye, y'all.